You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here along with Gregor Chisholm, our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter. And things aren't picking up for every team in baseball, Gregor, but it's been an interesting week for the Blue Jays as they are certainly making some things happen and there's some news as well, partially thanks to the fact that FanFest was last weekend, so there, there were players around and able to talk, and you were there to, to get the information. So we'll check in on that stuff. We'll also check in on the top 10 prospect list for both third base and shortstop because a couple of young Blue Jays prospects ranked highly there. But let's start with the trade that the Blue Jays made as they acquire Randall Grichik. We knew they were still looking for more outfield help, and they certainly got it in Grichik. They trade away right-handed pitcher Dominic Leone. That hurts a little bit. They also trade away Connor Green. Um, but talk about Grichik and how he fits into things with this Blue Jays team, where he, where you th- expect him to play come the season. Yeah, it certainly looked like it looks like he's going to be the everyday guy in right field. He's at least going to be given every opportunity going into spring training to take that role, and I think that's the expectation. That's that's why uh, General Manager Ross Atkins made this move. And you know, there, there's no denying that he he comes with some risk. I mean, he's a guy who throughout his career has struggled to get on base at, at a high percentage, and there's also been a lot of stri- a lot of strikeouts. But what the Blue Jays really like here is the the potential for a lot of power. I mean, this is a guy who just a little over 400 bats each of the last couple of years, uh, surpassed 20 home runs both of those seasons. And uh, the Blue Jays think some, you know, the additional playing time is obviously going to lead to some more home run production. And, and then moving him to the, the you know, hitter-friendly ballparks in the American League East is, is certainly going to help as well. So the Jays think that they can tap into a little bit of that uh, and are prepared to, to hand him the everyday job as a result. So you have Grichik, and they also obviously brought in Curtis Granderson. So what does that mean for Ezekiel Carrera? Yeah, and that's a, that's a big question mark. I mean, there is a scenario where the Blue Jays could start the year with, with only one backup infielder, and you could option a guy like Aledmus Diaz uh, to the minor leagues. But I, I think the more likely scenario is, is that, you know, because of the numbers game in the outfield right now is that, you know, Ezekiel Carrera is, gonna, is going to be the odd man out. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Blue Jays at some point make a move there. Uh, certainly will be trying to see if there's going to be some other teams interested in him. him. And, and then the other possibility is Steve Pierce as well. I mean, Steve Pierce right now does seem like uh, an ideal platoon partner uh, with Granderson in left field. But the fact is the Jays have some options now uh, in their outfield. And as they look to plug holes uh, in the bullpen and, and, and in the starting rotation, that, that's certainly an area they can look to do that. It seems like from a positional standpoint, this team is probably pretty much done as far as the offseason goes. But Still, they would like to add a fifth starter, right? I mean, they have Joe Biagini. He can obviously fill in and do that role. But at some point, you're probably going to need another starter beyond your first five. So they would still like to add some depth there, right? Yeah, and if you're a Blue Jays fan, one one positive to take from the Grichik deal is is the fact that you know he's locked in at, at a pretty low salary for a starting outfielder. He's in the low two million dollar range, uh, and I think initially a lot of people were expecting the Blue Jays to spend a lot more money in the outfield. And you look at what the Jays got with Granderson, Grichik, and, and Pilar, uh That's a that's a very affordable group to say the least. And so uh, you kind of expect them now to take some of those savings and redirect it specifically to to the rotation. I think dealing Leone uh, increases the need for one additional reliever as well, and I think they'll look to do that. Uh, but, you know, the top priority 
priority right now is certainly finding that number five starter, and maybe they're able to spend a little bit more money there now uh, than they were before. And instead of just bringing a guy in to compete with Biagini, uh, signing someone who's more of a mid-tier free agent or acquiring someone who's more of a mid-tier talent to, to come in and give him that number five job. So things certainly rounding into shape as far as the Blue Jays roster goes. And I mentioned FanFest was last weekend at Rogers Center. You were there, um, and a lot of players were there as well. Marcus Stroman spoke about the fact that he still believes he's on the way to being a, he said, great pitcher. And obviously, here's a guy who has shown flashes of absolutely that. At times, he's been dominant, and he has absolutely been a great pitcher. Problem has been consistency. So what does he think? How does he overcome that and put together a full season? Yeah, well, the Stroman certainly doesn't isn't one to mince words, and he you know he openly talked about how his goal is within the next couple of years to become one of the top three, four, five pitchers in, in the entire game. Uh, and, and certainly, we have seen flashes. I mean, in, in 2017 alone, I mean, he's a guy who finished fourth uh, the, with the fourth best ERA in the American League, and so I mean, he's kind of a fringe American League Cy Young candidate. And with that, and, and compared to the other top three that were out there. But he's, he's kind of already up in that upper echelon now, I think. And now it's, it's a matter of doing it back-to-back seasons because we saw a couple of years ago uh, where he struggled a little bit. But he, he's certainly uh, accepting of any of those challenges and any of those expectations because I think he sets them higher for himself than just about anybody. I mean, he's a guy who at Winterfest uh, was also talking uh, already about how he uh, expects and wants to be named the Blue Jays' opening day starter. So he's not one to shy away from any of that attention. Another guy that was at FanFest, Devin Travis, and I guess getting healthy. Obviously, when he's been on the field for this team, he's been great. The problem is he's played 213 games over the last three seasons, and they haven't just been little tweaks. He's had some major injuries, so is there is there reason to believe that he can put those behind him and put together a 150-game season? I mean, the Blue Jays certainly hope so, uh, but I think one of the reasons you know, why they addressed the, the infield as much as they did this offseason is, is because uh, there's undeniably a lot of uncertainty there. And, uh, you know, Travis you know, revealed to us earlier this week that, uh, you know, he still has to start running. That's a test that he still has to pass, and, and then he's going to have to start doing that on back-to-back days. And so as he's, he's coming back from another procedure on, on his knee, uh, it's clearly been a slow grind for him. And, and, you know, the expectation is that he's going to be a full participant uh, in the upcoming spring training. And the expectation is they will certainly be ready for opening day. Uh, but the fact is, at the same time, because of his injury past, you know, the fact that he hasn't gotten out there and started running yet, uh, you know, until he starts passing those tests, there has to be a certain level of skepticism. But, you know, he really is the exact type of hitter that this Blue Jays lineup needs. And so everybody in the organization is certainly crossing their fingers that they will have him at uh, 100% by opening day. Yeah, and while they're crossing their fingers, they're also covering their bases because obviously you look at the moves this team has made throughout this offseason, and it's all a lot of it has been about backing up that infield and, and getting some extra bodies in there that can fill the holes. Not just him, Troy Tulowitzki's injury prone at this point in his career as well, but you certainly see that the team probably not 100% convinced that Devin Travis can make it through a full season. All right, I mentioned the young guys, the the top 10 prospect lists are out from MLB Pipeline for both third base and shortstop. And boy, the Blue Jays have a couple of good ones. And you talk about bloodlines, Gregor. How about these two guys? Third baseman Vlad Guerrero Jr., whose father probably, as we record this, set to be named a Hall of Famer in a matter of uh, about an hour from when we're recording this podcast. Uh, he's number one among third basemen, and I know he's also in the discussion as far as overall top prospects in baseball. And then you have Bo Bichette. 
Another son of a big leaguer is number three in the shortstop list. It's a, certainly something that Blue Jays fans can dream on as far as a couple of years from now looking at that left side of the infield. But let's look at Guerrero first because he has flown as far as going from a, an international signing and, and what he could become to quickly becoming one of the top uh, prospects in the game. How quickly could he get to Toronto? Oh, I mean, it, it, really fast. I mean, that's a scary thing. Is it's, I think the Blue Jays are going to have to be the ones who slow down that course a little bit. I mean, ideally, you probably don't want him to make his big league debut until uh, 2019, but you know, already people up here have been talking about uh, whether or not towards the tail end of 2018, whether he makes his debut. And you know, it's a really a testament to uh, what he's done so far in the minor leagues. But just you know, the, the raw talent that he has. I mean, I've said this before, but it really is kind of like taking you know a, a step back in time watching him in the batter's box because he really does bring back so many memories of his father. I mean, they have similar mechanics at the plate. Uh, they have the similar type of, of raw power potential. Uh, and, you know, the scary thing is, is, is Vlad Jr. does it with, uh, you know, more plate discipline uh, than his father does. And so we'll, we'll see what trajectory his career takes. But, uh, you know, there's no such thing as a sure prospect in baseball, but he seems to be as, as close to it as it gets. Dante Bichette was known as a guy who obviously had plenty of power, especially playing at Coors Field, but he also had kind of an awkward approach at the plate. wasn't exactly what you expect to see as far as mechanics. And from what I've heard, Bo Bichette, who plays shortstop, so clearly better defensively than his father was, but somewhat similar, I think, at the plate, right? He's he's a little bit awkward as well. Yeah, he's got some quirky mechanics there. He's got a bit of a hitch to his swing, and, and you know, that's that's what uh, you know generated a, a lot of skeptics when he was first taken in the second round in 2016 by the Jays. There, there were some question marks about how that would you know, hold up as he moved through the ranks. But so far, he's he's answered that every step of the way. And the Blue Jays have given him the freedom uh, to do things the way he likes to do them. I mean, they haven't brought him into the fold and, and tried to turn him into, you know, a cookie-cutter type of hitter. Uh, I mean, he's really uh, given the freedom to maintain those mechanics. And, and we've seen a lot of the power similar to what his, his father produced. And, you know, one interesting thing to watch with his career path over the next year or so uh, is his ability at, at shortstop. That's another thing a lot of people have talked about. He's confident about you know his ability to remain, remain there. Uh, and has exceed, it succeeded there so far. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see whether or not he stays there or eventually needs to end up at uh, a second base. And either way, obviously, it's an up-the-middle uh, type of position. And uh, those two guys, if he can stay at shortstop, it is pretty cool to think of an infield in a couple of years up in Toronto with a Guerrero and a Bichette over on the left side. It's pretty neat stuff. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Blue Jays edition for Gregor Chisholm. I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. <laughs>